All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the $300 Startup. As you guys know, I'm Jose Burgos. It's my privilege to introduce my guest today, Josh Gadboys from Renovista Construction. Uh, I met Josh a little while back at a BNI networking meeting. Uh, we did a little bit of work together, and since then, I would like to say that we're really good friends. Uh, Josh, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, Jose. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, so, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, no. Um, I uh, So, yeah, my name's Josh. It's, it's the, that great intro there. <laughs> Renovista. Um, yeah, I grew um I'm an owner of Renovista Construction. It's a uh, small family business, and we started uh, just uh, about four years ago, and it's um, only been picking up as of recently. And you know, uh, it's a, it's a privilege to be on this podcast because I think it's going to give you guys some value to see what it's like just being a new startup business, and you know, kind of going through what I've been through, some of the ups and downs of even getting started. So, really looking forward to this conversation. Awesome, um, man. Thank you so much. Um, so let the listeners know, Josh, where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up <clears throat> briefly in Webster. I lived and then I grew up in Oxford, Mass, kind of raised in Oxford. And yeah, that was a pretty good experience. The school systems aren't bad there. I, I'm not sure what they're like now, but <laughs> it, was, it wasn't too bad. And, you know, um, just grew up in the trades, really. My, my dad was also a GC, ran his own construction business. So I've kind of been involved in this for quite some time. So. Is this what you were interested in when you were growing up, or did you have other interests? Or? Uh, funny you say that. I actually, <clears throat> so I went to Worcester University to get a business degree, which I did get, and it was mostly in marketing and management, and I really thought I was going to have some kind of desk job. So I, I, I don't know. I guess at the time I was complacent, and it was just like, hey, it'd be cool to get up the corporate ladder and someday be sitting at some you know, big glass enclosure where I'm looking over skyscrapers and I'm making all this money and, you know, just the rock star, <laughs> you know, corporate structure, you know how that goes. All right. So <laughs> I think are, we are you, all think that way every now and then. Are you, um, are you happy that it didn't turn out that way or? <laughs> yeah, I think so because uh, you hear, I, I'm not speaking from experience, but you hear these um, people who are in the corporate world and they are, you know, they are working for the man and they're having to really work to earn that money. They might be making some good money, but uh, I think as an entrepreneur, you can make a lot better money and put in the same amount of time. And uh, and you're not answering your phone at nine o'clock at night when your boss has a problem, right? It's, right exactly. <laughs> you make your own problems. <laughs> okay. So, and and um, then the, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jess. I was just gonna say it's 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 nice having that freedom. I mean, it it's freedom, but you you have to work for it too. So a lot of work, definitely. Um, yeah. I, I actually don't think people. You would know. Yeah, right. I actually don't think people underestimate how much work really goes into, you know, building your own thing. Um, and a lot of people yeah. get fooled by what they see in social media uh, because, as you know, you know, social media kind of shows you the quick way, right? It shows you the end result. It doesn't show you the hustle. It doesn't show you the grind. It doesn't show you the, you know, 60 plus hour weeks. It doesn't do any of that. All you get to see is somebody sitting on a beach saying that they're a millionaire uh, and you know, right. that, that, that's not realistic. So yeah, I agree with you on that, on that end, man. Um, it's, uh, and, it's not. And, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, can I touch on that actually? You so, sure can. Absolutely. 
So it's kind of like you ever you ever see all your friends post and it's like a night out and they're happy and it's like wow man it looks like they're having fun I wish I was there right that's kind of like what you said with the it's kind of like what you said with the millionaire and being on the beach it's like yeah you wish you were there but that guy probably worked hundred hour weeks you know who knows sixty to hundred hour weeks to get where he's at it's and yeah he's proud of where he's at but it probably wasn't good for him for a very long time he had to really grind so right, right. it's just be realistic, I guess, with yourself and, you know, as far as that goes. So, yeah. And on, and on the other end of the spectrum, um, nowadays, you really don't know. That guy could be completely full of shit. And he, yeah. he, it could just be a mock picture of somebody else that's sitting on the beach and he's trying to sell you a product, telling you that he's a millionaire when really he's maybe a thousandaire, maybe not even that, you know. So it's a, it's a slippery slope when you see things on social media of people claiming that they put in those 100-hour weeks. Uh, they may have, and there's other times where they're just full of it. Um, so it's so. Are dangerous. you telling me? Are you telling me, Jose? Everything on the internet is not true because I'm about to just have my world shake. No, up <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's just more. Be careful because um, coming from you know, I guess a marketing background, I understand that nowadays people just try to sell to the emotion. Uh, and if you're somebody right. who's struggling, and I want to sell you a product that could quote unquote make you millions. It's very easy for me to rent a Lamborghini, take a picture in front of it, and sell you my product. You know, it's true. Yeah, so it's very slippery slope. But you, you and I are not guys that do that type of stuff. So <laughs> we have some integrity. Uh, Should so, we yeah, get into yeah. that? <laughs> we can probably yeah. make a lot of money now. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> Who no, knows, it's, man? it's it's true. It's you know, I was being sarcastic. I mean, just don't believe everything you see. Be be Absolutely. smart. Absolutely, yeah. Just, the just internet have some is so full of junk. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so growing up well, in your household, did you guys have uh, did, was finances a big discussion between your parents and you guys, or was it something you picked up on your own? Or oh, man, finances was never talked about. Actually, it was. Um, it's still a learning process. It's it's you know it when when you're not raised in a family that talks about finances and doesn't really uh, act um, responsible with finances. It's, it's very hard once you get on your own to kind of, uh, it, it's almost earth shattering. Cause you, you get started with those habits and then you, you're like, wow, I got all this debt I got to get rid of, which was me like five years ago, but now it's good. But it's like, yeah, no, it's, I, if, if you're in a home that does have that, you, you're in a really good spot because I don't think they're even teaching it in the education systems too much. Um, so yeah. it's, uh, it's really important. Finances is a big part of business. So Awesome, cliche as that sounds. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's the truth, man. Um, same here. I mean, yeah. I got I got four kids. I got you know two that are in high school now, and uh, I agree with you, man. I think finances is something that should be something that they're forced to take. Uh, but sure. you know, conspiracy theory, Jose would say that there's a bigger reason why they're not teaching kids that, and that's to you know get them into that, get them into college. But yeah, that's a whole different conversation for a different day. Uh, oh, but, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you, man. Um, so. When was that point or that period in your life, I should say, when you knew you wanted to work for yourself, when you wanted to be a business owner and you were ready to take on a challenge? Well, they say that uh, change happens in the most uncomfortable of times, right? So for me, it was uh, I was a construction foreman for a couple different companies for about a period of six years. And uh, I don't know when you when you when you have a, a self drive and also you 
you take a lot of pride in your work, you, you tend to kind of go the extra mile. And I, I think some people see that and want to actually just see how far they can push you versus the other person who's really just can't produce what you can push. So it got to a point where I became almost a camel for the, this company I was working for. And, uh, I would be managing three to four times the projects that everybody else was. And it was, I'm not saying I'm great. It was just, just, they realized they could get more out of me. And, um, it just hit a breaking point where I just said, I'm putting all these hours in and I'm not making what I want to be making anyway. Uh, it's, it's time to move on. And I just, you know, it was, it's, it's when you hit that point where you're like, I got to make a change. And, and I think for people, they, they eventually realize when they need to make that change. And, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's usually in the most uncomfortable moments. So. Okay. Now I've heard people say that, that, that they woke up one day and it changed completely. Was it a progressive thing for you over time or was it really night today you woke up and said, this is it? Oh, it was absolutely, uh, oh. yeah, no, no worries, man. We can get that right up. And yeah, when you work for someone else, it's, it's good, right? You, you, you have that job security and stuff, but you're yep. also, I mean, it's, it's just that you're working for someone else. You're not working for yourself. You're not, um, really in charge of your life. I mean, it's, 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 um, for me, it was progressive because uh, it was one thing after another. Really bad things started happening. I wasn't hitting my. Uh, I really got work overloaded and um, wasn't hitting my profit margins that the other guys were with a quarter of the work. So they actually gave me a pay deduction, which was really rough. Wow. So I mean, when your finances get affected with your family, I mean, it's it's so easy to say I got to do something else, right? So awesome. All right, so, so yeah, so so from there, let's let's get right into Reno Vista, right? Let's get to the origins of it. So yeah, how, how did how did what was your first step in starting Reno Vista? Was it you were picking out a name, or you just started looking for clients and worked along? What was the beginning of Reno Vista Construction? Yeah, so Reno Vista, um, it actually businesses. It probably starts with friends, family, or your local network, which is usually pretty small, right? Uh, and uh, it's kind of a hard start because when you're working, um, it did start that way, but it was a hard start because you're, you're, you're learning your numbers. You're trying to figure out how to bid jobs correctly. Um, and, uh, it's just, um, yeah, that's really where it started. So it went, that went on for about two and a half years doing side work for, for a lot of different people. And then from there, it really, you know, once th- those things were happening at work, I just realized, okay, it's time to move on. And, um, the name actually originally, this is going to be funny. It was time, kind of a tongue twister. The original name was True Timber Carpentry. <laughs> really? Said, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous, actually. It just was such a tongue twister, and my wife called me constantly. I hate it. What are you thinking with this? And I actually think it limited me as far as uh, uh, what I could offer my clients. Like when you hear carpentry, that's a very limited scope of work that you can offer people. Um, and okay. I, I guess – question yourself what you want to offer as a service and if for me it was general construction because there's a lot of different things i can do and um i knew i had to change the name so changed it a couple of years ago so okay and you've always been a handyman i'm assuming construction's always been in your family because your dad is that yeah my dad was a gc uh so we would we would do some really big jobs i mean i've done additions with him um finished basement systems all kinds of different larger scale projects um 
So, and even when I went to those companies as a foreman, we would do sometimes upwards of a two hundred thousand dollar project, which in residential is a pretty big deal, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, commercial, that's like peanuts, but <clears throat> so yeah. yeah, good experiences. I've just been around it my whole life, so I guess getting into it was I was just comfortable that way, you know. So okay, so you've been in construction pretty much your whole life, and Renovista is how old? Uh, four years. Four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay, and, and what are the advantages of having a construction company, per se? Well, uh, there's, well, in, a, in the construction world, if you can find the right clients, there's, this, there's the potential to really do well for yourself. Um, it, you know, uh, a lot of clients are looking for, like, a streamlined process as far as a remodel. You know, it's it. I'm sure you run into this, Jose. I mean, there's just some people that are just price shopping, right? And it's Correct. just however cheap they can get it, which I understand and I respect. It's okay. But um, if you can offer it as a value service to your customers that you're going to provide a remodeling experience and kind of go through the whole process and they don't have to lift a finger and then you're – because you got to think it's, it's still a service, right? It's like going to a restaurant. Yep. So – you know, when you go to the restaurant and you get bad service, you're not going to go there. And it's really how I look at my company. So <clears throat> we're trying to market that way to clients. So to give them that fine dining experience where, it, you know, at the end, they're like, God, I would hire them in an instant again. So does that right. answer your question? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> address that right. So, yeah, you did. So uh, that's on the scope of a construction company. Now, uh, what, what are the benefits of just having your own business in general, just being a businessman and an entrepreneur? Uh, I think there's that. I don't know. What do you think, man? Do you think there's some pride involved for sure? Like you just, it's proud, right? You're going to grind. You're going to put it out. But isn't it nice to be able to be like, hey, I created this, you know? Um, yeah. Th there's that pride thing. The other benefit too is there's potential to make, you know, there's just potential to make a lot more money. Um, it's not all about the money for me, but I think when we go into business, you know, we want, we want to, we want to do well for our families, right? It's not just to, make that hourly wage. I mean, if I want to make that hourly wage, I can go work for somebody really easily. Um, so you got to put the work in, but the benefit, there's definitely some money benefits. There's, um, you know, you're in charge of your own schedule. That's always been nice. And I'm trying to think, what are some things you run, you run into Jose doing your own thing? Uh, yeah. Well, I still, I still currently have a day job, so I can't, I can't share the experience with the open <laughs> schedule. But yes, yeah. yes, being your own boss and understanding that you're putting something out into the world that is completely reliant on you and is a representation of who you are and the work you right. put in, I think it's super important. Um, I, I, I think it's awesome to sit back at the end of the day and say, hey, I just helped another person, another human being, or another business in whatever context it may be, you know, get closer to their goals, get closer to their dreams. Um, right. And I think that's the beauty of it for me, for say. Uh, one day I hope to share the open schedule. <laughs> but uh, it's not yeah. as open as you think, man. It's, it's, it's right because you got to keep grinding. It's, absolutely, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, especially being a new business, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're you got to put more hours in. It's like paying right. your dues. You you're, you really you're not going to be that millionaire sitting on the beach in a year. I mean, unless you figured out some formula that I'm not aware of, because most people to get to that point, it's a lot of years of grinding, but it. I'd say, you know, two to three years in it, you start seeing some of those benefits and it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah. you gotta, you gotta really be willing to, to do the work. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, I, I like to think of it on the end where you do have an open schedule, but you do not have a safety net. Right. So you're sort of like that acrobat that's up there 
with no safety net. If you choose to not fulfill your schedule and keep the pipeline full, then you're going to have nothing to fall back on and your family is going to struggle. You're going to struggle. Um, and, yeah. and you're, you're right. right. It, it, it is an open schedule for say that you can book whenever you want, but you definitely got to keep your head, you know, buried in the work and, and you got to keep moving for sure. I agree with that. Um, so yep. I just, I just wanted to shift a little bit more on, you know, if you know, do you know who your competitors are and how do you deal with them? If that's a question to answer. So I, um, I have a different attitude. I think, I think in the eighties and nineties, the attitude was, uh, let's, let's cut them out as quick as we can. Right. Let's, let's cut, you know, it's like you, 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 you know, you plunder the ship and just take everything, you know, just no prisoners, you know, just take, just everybody goes. Right. So, um, I think in, in that time frame, people looked at business, like I'm going to, I'm going to cover everything I have. I'm not going to share anything. I'm going to hide all my secrets. And, uh, I kind of approached my competition differently. It's, I kind of pretend they're not there. Now that might kind of sound stupid, but in my opinion, the ratio, the way I look at it is if you can provide the customer uh, an amazing experience, um, cause we, I am in a service, you know, the price, price becomes irrelevant. And so is the competition in a way, you know, it's almost like that abundance mindset. You just, I mean, for example, in construction, the ratio from customer to GC is not one-to-one. Okay. Right. And eventually, and, and, and I, I'm in a great business because eventually at some point people own a home and they want to do some kind of improvement to their home, right? Whether it's something small or big. But the way I look at it is there is not one-to-one ratio for GC to client. So in my mind, it's it's an abundance of work. It's just finding the right clients, so, which is your job, and uh, connecting with them. And, and I don't even really think too much about the competition because I know what I have to do to uh, provide the client with that experience I'm advertising. So that's kind of really how I look at it. I mean, I know who some of my competitors are. I could, I could share their info, but it's in, in a way it's like we, we have, we all have work. I'm sure if times get lean, but that's the thing when times get lean, if you're providing this experience, people aren't going to forget that, especially with repeat business. They're going to be like, I remember how that guy treated me. I remember what a great job he did. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to call him no matter what. So awesome. Awesome. So in a yeah. sense, in a sense, you don't waste, any mental power on your competition you sort of just compete with yourself over and over again is that basically it's like what do i have to do to stand out and separate myself and that's really more of a self-improvement thing or a business improvement thing versus because i I mean here's, here's something i hear a lot right and i'm in a lot of contractor groups and this might be irrelevant to every business but it's like you hear what's the going rate right right that is so like ridiculous to even hear that because everybody has different overhead everybody has different um costs different lifestyles maybe i want to live completely frugal and not spend a dime and i can charge i don't know a little less but you know what i mean it's it's right you just got to treat it there is no going rate it's what works for you to provide the customer an amazing experience and um obviously it has to be a good you know fair but at the same time it has both parties have to agree and Really, you don't put any energy into that. You just put the energy into prospecting and getting these customers to feel like you're going to do that for them. So, so focus on you, I guess. You know, not your competition. So awesome. Well, on that same spectrum of self improvement, um, I actually didn't have these questions ready for you, but let's wing this one. Uh, sure. What, what would what would be tips or advice that you would provide anybody for self improvement or things that you found in the past that worked for you that have really made you who you are today? 
Uh, I think it's really the daily routine stuff, man. Um, you know, if take a look at your business or yourself and ask yourself what, what's the problem I have right now. Right. And how do I solve it? So typically, typically we can't get out of our own way with our mind. It's really our mind that is really the barrier to us wanting to accomplish something, you know, right. Yeah, do, I don't do you, know. I, I could be getting into a tangent here, but everybody sees me, you know, they want to be that. But you've you got to say, what do I got to do to become that rock star? You know, it's it's really the daily grind stuff. So, yeah. Do you, would you have any advice for for our listeners uh, for like fear conquering? Is there any, any anything you do for fear conquering per se? I know we all have fears. Um. Well, this could be getting deep, but it's really, uh, I, I guess. So what kind of fears? What would you say would be a good example? What do you oh, think? just just everyday fears, man. Like for fears me, fears of money. Yeah, no, not well. Yeah, it could be anything, but fears on on right because it's easy for one to tell themselves, "Hey, uh, I have a problem with sales. Let me read a bunch of sales books." But at the end of the day, you still have to be the one that steps up to the plate and conquers the fear of say talking to people, right? Uh, that's one that right. I've actually struggled with personally. So any fears that you that's gotten in your way, how have you over- conquered them? Any examples? It's up to you. Okay, it's contextual. So, yeah. So your brain, you you have a lot more control over your mind than you think. Um, our subconscious actually tends to work against us because, um, as human beings, we want to be comfortable, right? We want to be comfortable with what we have. You know, root, like let's take an example, Jose. I know you have a, like a really rigorous morning routine, mm-hmm. right? That's probably not fun for you at times, right? But when you're done, you feel a sense of freedom, like you accomplished something. So for me, um, when I have an uncomfortable situation coming up, I actually use a technique called um, 54321. Have you heard of that at all? No, I haven't. Please educate um, me. So 54321, your brain, um, it actually, if you think about, all right, let's take an example, like I want to work out, right? Um, which I currently don't that much. I, I, sh- I really need to be, so I'm going to admit to be guilty about that. Sure. But your your, bra- your brain, you know, when you have a, something tough to do, say it's a workout, or call that prospective client, if you can't, you have five seconds to actually implement that task. Um, otherwise, your brain actually subconsciously starts to talk you out of it. It could be you're sitting on the couch watching TV, and you, you know, you have, I don't know, a sales call coming up in 10 minutes, and you're like, ah, I don't or you have to make a sales call that minute and you're like, well, I don't really feel like doing it. Your brain starts talking you out of these things. So when you, you literally have five seconds to implement. So what I do is I just count five, four, three, two, one. And then on one, I actually do the task because I didn't get, allow my brain the time to convince me to not do it. Um, right. Am I successful every time? No, but I've been really implementing the last month and I've seen some major changes of just doing tasks that I really don't want to do. Because there are just some things we don't like to do, right, Jose, in the business? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it seems like every day yeah, is just you, one thing after another. Yeah, yeah and you mentioned the, the calls. I mean, I've had some really awkward, uncomfortable conversations with clients. I mean, I even had to tell a client I didn't want to work for her, um, and she was going to write me a check the next day. It was just crazy. Like I just felt sick about it. I just a lot of red flags. So same thing. Five, four, three, two, one. Called her and. Um, one of the most soft conversations I've ever had. So that, that could be a great takeaway for this podcast is just, um, there's more research on it online, but you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's one, um, kind of tool I use to try to get through the uncomfortable stuff for the stuff we don't want to do. 
Awesome advice, so. man. I'm going to have to look into that and try it myself for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Let's shift back to the business here. So um, how, do you yeah, market, how, do, how do you market your business? Um, how do people know who Renovista is and what has worked for you in the past and what hasn't worked for you in the past? Well, I've had uh, some help some from this one particular kick-ass company called Spotlight Coalition. Hey, shameless plug. <laughs> yeah. I did not pay yeah, Josh they, for this, by the way, listeners. Yeah. This is a- <laughs> no, Jose, Jose did a great job on the website. Um, Thanks, man. Appreciate we've got it. some plugins there that, yeah, we customer can upload a photo of their project they're thinking about. Um, I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question, man? I, I, I get stuck yeah. in my head. No, no, it's fine. Uh, you know, different different ways that you found in the past of marketing Market. that have that have worked for you, and ways that have done nothing for you. Yeah, so um, uh, it's this is going to be construction specific, but I found sure. that um, uh, we we pay for some leads, lead generation. We use a couple lead generation sites. One would be like Home Advisor, another would be Thumbtack. Thumbtack actually, I think, is more specific to generalized service industries. So someone, if they're looking to get into that. Um, you pay for the lead. I think, I think that's how it goes when you start business. You got to pay more for the leads, and then over the long term, it becomes like a cash cow. So um, we've been invested in that. Uh, we also market on Facebook. I try to do, I do do a social media post per day, um, and uh, that's to be getting some good feedback. I don't know if you've noticed on Facebook, uh, you get a lot of forums with people looking for recommendations. Right. You see that a lot, right? Looking for a plumber, looking for this. Yep. That is so that is so hard for us because they basically get inundated with like 20 or 30 people. And like as a customer, yeah. how would I how would I pick someone out of all those names? Right. Because right. right. then you're, it's like when you go into the paint store, you got a thousand colors to look at. You're not going to pick something. It's just yeah, how yeah. it goes. So so we try to stand out by asking the customer questions on those types of things. I'll just post a general question and uh, you, you got to find out your clients why. Um, so that's part of our marketing is trying to find the clients why standing out that way. Um, I'm considering doing some trade shows this year. I actually am going to do one. Uh, they, they have a couple at the end of the year and they also have one in the spring. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's been great because face to face gets you pretty far. If you've got, um, some pre-qual process in place for your sales and, uh, let's see, what else do we do? Um, just organic stuff. I mean, call all your past clients. You know, they're 70% more likely to hire you again because they've already gotten through the barrier of do they trust you or not. Right. Um, you're you're 77%. I mean, if they're thinking about a project, you're 70% more likely to close on a repeat customer. So we, you know, as new business owners, we get so focused on new leads, we tend to forget about our past customers. And, um, uh, you know, Jose, you and I have been talking about doing a newsletter. That's one way to touch people. Um, yeah. I, uh, I also do some thank you cards and um, a new thing I'm going to implement. Is this getting too long, man? I hope it's not. No, nope, um, never, man. Perfect value. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah, a new thing I'm going to implement is what's called 3 3 and 3. I just found this out a couple of days ago. Um, so it's three days after the project. We do a follow up call uh, three months after, and then, uh, oh, I'm sorry, three weeks after, and then three months after. And what it does is, you know, sometimes on a remodel or, you know, if you have a big client, right, Jose, and it's a one and done kind of thing. Yep. Um, say it was a big project. I mean, they're going to want to hear from you in three months. It's going to make them feel good. It's part of the experience. Absolutely. So, so you know, you call them three days after. It's like, wow, he's already checking in, and it's only been three days. You call them, it's a shock to them. Um, you call them in three months. And uh, for us, if we have any type of warranty stuff, we'll actually try to get in the house um, before the warranty's up 
and just say, hey, want to do a warranty visit? Just try to fix some of the stuff around your house before your warranty expires. <laughs> you know what happens yeah, every yeah. time, man? It's like That's 40% awesome. of the time we get some work close. So. Yeah. Um, no, and, and on that same on that same level, if you get them comfortable, not only do they come back to you, but the good old fashioned word of mouth, where they'll refer you to their neighbors or their family or their friends. Uh, so yeah, that, right. that's that's great advice, man. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that turning into a local snowball. Local BNI effect. group. Yeah, it does, and uh, lo- local BNI group too. If you sure. uh, can get involved in that, um, Jose, you know about that. That's uh, relationship building is key if you can build relationships and get trust from people that is really key to your business being super successful versus a a cold google ad lead you know how likely are you to close on that it's probably pretty low pretty low sure so yep so definitely so yeah Um, so whom do you seek advice for your business um or what resources do you use for you know the latest or new advice for you as a entrepreneur um I try to I try to seek advice from those who are miles ahead of me. Okay. You know, um, I'm in a couple. You know, this is industry specific, but I'm in um, uh, a mastermind group for contractors, and I'm also in a uh, just just a couple Facebook groups that where we can help each other. Yeah. Um, the the one of them's paid, which is which I it the value is unbelievable, and it's totally worth paying for. Um, but these are guys, it's really like, I kind of look at it, surround yourself with people who are way more successful than you, right? If you're in a band and you're the worst player, you're going to get better. So surround yourself with those people, right? You know, um, seek out someone who's maybe does what you does or or did and they're 20 years older or, or they're they're just so busy and you want to just, you know, most of the time when they're, when they're that far into their business, they, they, they just want to help other people. Right, you know, right. um, that's a, so. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. That's I think I seek advice. I just try to get people who are much further along. I mean, it doesn't have to be the same industry. Just someone who's farther at you with their business processes, their mindset, how they think. Just, just try to pick their brain because, you know, kind of that whole respect your elders thing. It's, it's crazy. It's <laughs> respect your elders right. in business, right? <laughs> I, I agree in general across the board, but yeah, in business yeah, right. for sure. I, but yeah, I think I think an underestimated thing nowadays or a misconception of things nowadays is that people think that, you know, technology has even the playing field, right? So now it's very easy to go out there and even if you're not from California or another place and you basically talk to anybody in the world that's one step ahead of you and you're right, more more often than none, that person is willing to give you free value just because they were there and they understand the grind and they understand where you want to go and they just want to help you out. Um, so yeah, Facebook groups, um, I would say, you know, any like e-learning courses have been big for me specifically. Um, but yeah, just communication. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, man. Get out there. And, you know, I'm sure every niche has a mastermind group. It's not just in in your specific field. Um, yeah. And sometimes you have to invest in yourself. Sometimes you got to pay a little bit of money to, to, to be able to educate yourself and, you know, you're one book away or one course away or one networking, you know, one person away from literally taking the, taking it to the next level. Um, and yeah. I think people people should use technology to their advantage in that state and not be so centralized and think that they actually have to meet these people. Most of the time you don't. Most of the time the information is out there and you may never even talk to this person, uh, but you'll still get the value off of what they have to say. Uh, yeah. Good advice, Josh. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
ton of information now on the internet and most of it is free. It's unbelievable. I mean, we used to have to go to, you remember Jose, I think we were at the age where you did still have to go to the library sometimes to do some research. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right at that precipice where the cutoff was, it's like crazy the amount of info that's available now. You just have to be willing to look for it. Yeah. So shifting over to, you know, processes of business, um, do you have a business plan that you operate off or are you still learning that or how far are you along in that process? Uh, the process is still a work in art. Um, it, this, uh, do you mean systems within a business or do you mean just a general business plan? Um, could you be, is that what you mean? Yeah, just a general business plan. Like how far are you away yeah. from getting it to where you want it to be? Very close. Uh, the next step is to take uh, on a full-time hire. Um, right now it's, it's actually just me doing, um, probably about 30 to 40% of the work and the rest is, um, and it is more of a project management role. That's how I run my business. There are some companies that in construction that they will try to do everything hands-on, but I've learned, and you probably know this too, Jose, it's why I hired you. I am not a website person. I am not a plasterer. I am not a, uh, expert. Do the things you're good at. Right. So that's right. how we, we do our business, but, um, taking it to the next level. Yeah. It's, it's pretty close. I think it's, it's within six months. I just got to, um, sell some more work um, but I'm ready for the next step because reflecting back on the last even year there was missed opportunity because we couldn't produce enough you know so right. um, so yeah as far as sales goals I, I actually do have a sales goal it's set up and uh, I look at that number every day and then I break that down because you know if you don't have a sale you don't have work right so that's kind of number one for me um, and it's just something I look at every day and say what do I gotta sell this month this week uh, each day, if you want to break it down with day rate. Right. Um, so, so, so cool. don't be afraid to write things down. That's, you know, that maybe write it down because when you write it down, it makes it more, it sears it in your brain more. Um, so, so yeah. That's it. Now, if, what are the biggest issues a, a business owner can find and running their business? Is it just sales related or is it system related? Um, it could be everything, right, Jose? I right. mean, if uh, I mean, if I, I mentioned sales, if you don't get some kind of sales process going, um, you know, it doesn't have to be anything complicated. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. But um, you know, if you're not, you as a business owner, you got to wear a lot of hats at first. You really do, because you can't just hire a bunch of people and expect all this stuff to just help itself. Um, so you are the salesperson, you are the marketer, you are the production person, you are, and you know, there's all those areas you can find that you could have so many issues. I mean, if you don't have any sales, like I said, you have no work. If you, um, for me, uh, one thing that was big was really getting my numbers down, um, you know, uh, learning your numbers and what to charge and what to, um, what kind of what clients to avoid, you know, prospecting, right? I mean, Jose, I'm sure you've had some customers. You're like, man, I shouldn't have took that job on. We do these things, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you look back hindsight and say, but it, I guess whatever process you're struggling with, look at it and say, maybe start tracking it in some way and say, you know, have some data to look back a couple of months and say, okay, how did I mess up? What do I need to do to improve? Almost on a corporate level. Don't get too yeah. complicated, but at least have something in place, whether it's your, your numbers, your sales, whatever, you know? Um, oh, awesome advice, man. So, yeah. yeah. Now, this is one that, you know, when it comes to, you know, a new, being a new business owner, once you start getting some success and once the systems get into place and you actually start seeing some real money, 
I've known of people, um, and I've been a little guilty of this myself, that don't use their profits in the best way that they, you know, that they can. So what, what advice would you give to a business owner on what to do with the profits that come in? Should they spend it? Should they save it? What, what would you say? Good question, man. I'm actually guilty of this um, tenfold. I mean, uh, we, I had, I had some huge opportunities even last year with a huge couple huge commercial projects I took on. And uh, it was like the most money I ever made in my life. Yeah. What, do, what do you do when you make the most money you ever made in your life? And it wasn't a ton of money in today's perspective, but it's like, it was more than the, the, your average day job for sure. And I'm like, you, you start to think differently. Um, you, you, when you think every day, like I have a lot of money, you tend to act that way. Like I have money, right? Humans naturally want to spend. We want to spend True. our money. It's like a known thing. Um, my advice to you is, uh, I guess, as far as money, um, if you come across some and you're a younger individual, or even, you know, mid 40s, like start investing, start putting it into a savings. Start Well, not a savings, but maybe an investment account. Um, that's something we started last year, our retirement account. Yep. Um, stash it away so you don't even know it's there because if you know it's there you're going to spend it it's just Absolutely. human tendency um uh I'm, I'm starting to implement a new system and this could be you know uh, um, we could do this for another podcast or whatever or if you want to talk about it but it's a profit first system and that's really the old uh you ever see the old envelope system jose i think you're familiar with this a little bit i've heard about it loosely yep yeah so it's the old envelope system that like your grandparents used to do where they you know they'd have a stack of envelopes and they would put money in each envelope for what they needed. Groceries was for this groceries, you know, uh, mortgage is this. And I've seen this done. I had a girlfriend actually that had a mother that did this. And at first I was like, what the hell is that? It's <laughs> <laughs> all that money sitting there. And, uh, you know, I realized that she divvied it up right away. So she knew later, this is all I have. And, and in business, you're going to have transactions where, you know, you have fixed overhead, you all, be, all these things that you don't think about every day, like overhead eats every day. Um, you have cost of goods, you know, things that you need to sell to produce a, a, a job. And, uh, you know, when you see a big bank account number, you start thinking like that. I got big money. And it's, yeah. it's not always true. Um, construction, especially of such a high cost, um, you know, you, you start spending and then you realize you're getting into money problems. And that actually did happen to me at one point. So, Treat the money like it's not there if you can. Um, that's the best advice I have. And yeah. uh, it is hard, but maybe stash it away in some fashion where you don't even see that number on your bank ledger. That's going to help you a lot. Um, I agree. So. Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overall, with the word investment, yeah, a lot of people, you know, especially people that are not informed, always think of the word investment as meaning that they have to buy stocks. Uh, and that's not right. necessarily true, right? Like, you can invest in, no, like, no, for no. me, for example, I also have a retirement plan. Um, I, a little bit of free money on the side. I just follow the, the S and P 500 and the index, um, yeah. to try to do it that way. Uh, but it's also key, I would say, and, you know, agree with me if I'm right or disagree with me to invest back in your own company, right? Yes. Like it doesn't yeah. mean that you got to go buy a whole brand new wardrobe or go buy the newest car. You could get that money and put it right back into new equipment, right? Or new you know, new education, new investment is a very broad word. And a lot of people don't understand that. Very. I'm going to totally agree with you, man, because um, let's let's take an example of uh, construction and the new truck. Right. <laughs> so many guys get new trucks and they don't need them. 
They don't need them. They don't. They can't even really afford them. It's an image thing. Right. Look at what. Look at like your key performance indicators in your business. Like, let's take an example of marketing. Like, let's say you put five grand into marketing. Right. Or let let's say for the year you put two grand into marketing. Right. Very low budget. And sure. um, let's say it was very specific, like a lead generation site. But you're doing that produced you twenty k in revenue. I mean, if you got five k, you know, throw that throw that throw another three or four into that the next year and you're going to get you know more return on it Absolutely. you know measure those things so that so that you know when you when you do have some extra money don't just piss it like oh i really would like this really cool tool so be like what is the business need and what is it you know be smart about it because like it's so easy when we run into some money to be like oh, i'm gonna get this cool new gadget i want to get you know right. um what's it is it gonna is it gonna make is it going to make you more money, right? That's the first question. The second question, is it going to provide a better value or better service to your customer? You mentioned a new computer, right? I mean, maybe you do some, you know, I don't know, webcam stuff like with a customer, yeah. like a live cam feed of meeting and it's such great quality because you invested in a better computer. Customers can appreciate that maybe on the back end, you know? Um, think of what's going to provide a better value for the customer with the money you spent into the business. Absolutely. So, with that same example with a computer, maybe you're a video editor, right? And it speeds up your workflow and it shaves off 45 minutes off your usual time that it would take you to edit a video. That's paying right. itself off because your time is money. And if you can shave 40 minutes off of your process by upgrading your equipment and reinvesting in your company, then you can do so much with those 40 extra minutes per job. It stacks up. You get the compound effect going on, and it pays right. itself off. It's an investment. Um, so yeah, yeah, and as as a new business owner, that's that's a great point, Jose. Because yeah, it does compound. You just said it yourself. It compounds. It. Um, I'll give you one more example if that's cool. Um, Absolutely. I just invested in a new a new work trailer and uh, totally outfitted it. Um, kind of made it like a mini wood shop. Um, made it nice. work for me. Yeah, but what I found, I actually measured it. I saved 10 minutes a day having that trailer. Now, I spent about 4000 bucks on this trailer, which is actually kind of, you know, it's 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 not, um, it's modest. Right. There's some more expensive ones out there. Um, but that 10 minutes a day turns to something like 55 hours a year or something like that. So that's Absolutely. a whole week. It's a whole week of work, billable work that I can produce um, just by investing in a trailer. Um which could be a could be a decent project, you know. It's going to pay for itself within a year or two. So think of those things. You made a great point with the videographer saving some time. What's going to save you time? Absolutely. Uh, and something that a consistent trend that I've heard you say over this whole conversation is is marking those you know stats down. You have to be able to track this information. You have to be able to use that data to yeah. get better. Uh, it's no different than somebody who's actually trying to lose weight and they're counting their calories. If you have no idea what you're intaking, then you have no idea how much weight you're going to lose. Same for business. If you didn't just measure that 10 minutes a day costing you, giving you an extra week at the end of the year, you would never know that you're benefiting and you would never know what's a good investment and what's a bad investment. Awesome example, man. That, that's really good. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. You too. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, example. Thanks, man. Um, all right. So before we get to the wrap-up, what what is the future of construction? What is the, the of of that niche? What what do you see it being the next thing that happens in construction? I don't know, man. That's a really good question. Um, I want I kind of want to see construction get pretty hip. 
you know, that might be the, uh, I, I think I'm a millennial. I'm not sure. I was born in 87, but, uh, yep, yeah, I want to see it. I kind of <laughs> want to see it get hip, like where it's cool to be in the trades again. Um, it's respected and, uh, people don't think of that guy that's just kind of showing up at 10 in the morning with his hair. Like he just woke up, you know, <laughs> gotcha. um, I'd love to see it to be a respected thing. And I think it is at, for the most part, maybe, maybe not, but I mean, you hear all these stories like, uh, you know, the, they made a TV series, right? Catch a contractor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Everything's like, TV now. So, huh? Yeah. I'd love to see the trades be hip and kind of desirable and um, just respected. I think it is for the most part. I kind of get respect from my clients because that's kind of how I portray myself. Um, you know, I set expectations. They do, too. And, um, yeah, it'd just, it'd just be cool. To, it, it's We are using technology way more than even five years ago, which is really cool. Like there's some really cool software programs we use and like, it's definitely changing, but for the better as far as technology. And, um, I think anybody that's getting into the trades, try to embrace some of that technology versus trying to just do pen and paper kind of method, because you're going to find it's going to save you time. So awesome. Now specific to Renovista, what do you, where do you see Renovista being in five years, maybe 10 years? What, what's the, what's the long-term short-term goals for Renovista construction? Five. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so the way I'm building my company right now is I'm trying to have the processes in place as if one, I had employees or two, if we were a bigger corporate structure and I'm not saying it's going to be this huge enterprise, but, um, doing that at least sets me up for success in the future. You know, um, we job track, we job cost, we, we, we clock in, I'm clocking in every job. I'm tracking those hours. Um, I'm doing a management schedule. Maybe it's too many systems, but when, when, once I take someone on, we can introduce these things. So in five years, you know, the goal is to have probably a two to three man crew, um, and just be doing, I have a passion for the sales. Um, I've been in the, the work so long that it's gotten less rewarding and it's not that I don't like it. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, when you build the same box every day, it's like, it's still the same box. Right. So right. done so many different things in the field that it's, um, you know, maybe we'll get into something specialty. I don't know. Cause I know there's some niche demands, but, um, it would be great to have just a two or three man crew, um, kind of a foreman and a couple carpenters that are really a kick-ass crew like that make the customer feel great. And, uh, I can, I can wear my belt maybe 10 to 20% of the time and focus more on the sales, the vision of the company. Uh, that's my goal. Five years, 10 years, um, probably be out of it completely as far as the field. Like I said, I have a super huge passion for the sales and that's the thing. Find what's good for you. I mean, you might get into whatever you do and hate sales, right? right. You might hate it completely. Like you just like, I can't. So work on your strong points. Like if you're like, you're great with the tech, right? Jose, right. I mean, um, if you need to take someone on or get some advice or maybe have someone part-time, that's going to be better that, that in you. You're not, you're not going to be a perfect expert at everything um, right. or someone that can teach you. Right. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, 10 years, be great to have the belt off and, uh, have some systems in place where the, it's kind of running itself. Obviously I'll still have to be doing a lot of the legwork as far as the sales end, but that is the goal. So awesome. So, man. All yeah. right. So we'll get to the ending part here, which is the wrap up. Uh, there's a few questions here uh, that you could just fire off. As the first thing that comes to your head. Um, so the first one is, what were the what was the hardest part of the beginning of the business journey? First thing that comes to your head. The mindset, man. 
some mindset. For me, it was getting out of my own way. I, I am a. I. I mean, have you heard of the disc personality at all? No, I haven't. Yeah, yes. Okay, I'm a Type C. So on that scale, so what yep. that is is like an analyst, someone who ensures accuracy, detail, detail, detail. You're probably hearing that a lot when we talk. Yep. Um, I get in my own head, and that was my biggest hurdle. Was I had two months of work, but it wasn't good enough for me. So I wouldn't. I wasn't quitting my job. I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep pushing this out a little more, maybe get that third month. I guess the mindset, change your mindset to to make the change because, um, I don't know, Jose, you, you mentioned you, you you exercise a lot, right, man? I bet yes. you didn't used to at one point. Right. When you made those changes, it was probably really hard at first. But now it's like it's like it's second nature and it's easy. Absolutely. Right? So, so don't be afraid to make the changes. Even though it's really hard, it's going to be hard to push through. Because the, the thing is, is like if you fail within a month or something, something crazy happens, you can always go back and try again. I mean, we fail to learn and to try again. Like it takes, I mean, in sales, it takes sometimes seven no's to get a yes. So right. if you fail, don't be afraid. Don't f- feel like a failure. Try again because you're going to get it right. Um, and get out of get out of your mind. Just just go for it. You know? Awesome. So, um, do it smart, though. <laughs> Yes, sir. Uh, if you could change anything, what would it be? Um, man, that's a good question, huh? Uh, let's see. I just just put a million dollars in my bank and I'll be good, man. It's perfect. <laughs> you know, that's a great <laughs> I'll be answer. The guy with the toes in the sand. <laughs> um, no, uh, if I could change anything, uh, it would be really actually. Um, oh, man, this is a good question. Probably getting. Again, getting out of my way, but for the next level. Um, I've been ready to hire for a long time, probably for four months now. But I've been <laughs> playing this in my head over and over. If I should do it, if I should do it, because you know when you take someone on, it's 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 you're you're feeding someone else's family, right? Absolutely. Um, so now I'm seeing the repercussions of not making that change earlier on. So now I'm like scrambling, I'm doing more of the work that I didn't want to be doing, which is fine. But you know, um, yeah, if I could change it, I'd have, I'd have probably a foreman working right now for me. So when I had the opportunity about four months ago to make it happen. So. Okay. Have you, have you had one tip that you can give Josh in the beginning of his business journey now, from now, what would it be? It would be, uh, don't be afraid to lose a sale. Awesome. So, yeah. So when we first start, right, I don't, I don't know if this is how it was for you, Jose, but we kind of take on anything, right? right? It's like, oh, my God, you got a pulse and you want something I want done? I'm freaking, I'm going to do it. No problem. Yeah. Um, try try to start vetting people early and, and don't be afraid to lose the work because, Usually you go through three or four leads to get that awesome client. But if you took all those jobs on, under underbid yourself, um, whatever it is, the service you offer, then you're doing those four or five and you're not making really any money. Um, and then that fifth person comes along and you can't even take them on, you know? So don't be afraid to get a no. Don't be afraid to lose a sale if it's not the right client because you really try to set up your client, what, what you really want it to look like, you know, maybe build that ideal person on paper and, and just don't be afraid to, to get a no. If um, you need to charge or you need to charge to make a living, you know, cause we, we, I mean, I think you can agree, Jose, we we're going into this 
on our own to do better. So why wouldn't you want to do better money wise too, right? Like, yes, sir. You 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 hear people say, "Well, I broke even. That's good enough." And I I, I actually had a guy say this to me two days ago. I'm kind of mentoring a little bit, and I'm like, right. I'm like, his name was Eric. I'm like, Eric, do you want to be saying you're broke even ten years from now? Right. I'm like, what's the freaking point, man? There's no yeah, point. Yeah, right. Awesome. So just yeah, just don't be afraid to get a no on a sale. I know it's love hard, it. but yeah, gonna help yeah, you. Love it. Uh, and I'm a huge, avid reader, um, so I do have to ask this to every guest that I have. Do you have any book recommendations for me or for the listeners? Um, yeah, the book I'm reading right now is uh, Profit First. It's uh, that Audible book, and yep. it is, um, it's really uh, the, uh, it's using the envelope system I mentioned earlier, but for banking. So you set up all these accounts. Um, it's really awesome because it... Uh, it's really actually the gist of the book is to stash your money away. Like we talked about, but it actually is a mindset change because uh, do you know the term accrual accounting? Have you heard of that term accrual versus cash? So when you have accrual, if you have accrual, like on a balance, you know, on a profit and loss sheet that shows all your sales, but you haven't even produced that work. This is all about cash in, cash out. You know, what are you really making? No funny money stuff. You know, because you get to the end of the year and your accountant goes, hey, you did great. It's like, well, where's all the money? Right. <laughs> exactly. So that's a great book because it's the everyday mindset stuff um, as far as purchases, how you look at money. If you stash that away on a daily basis or weekly basis, um, you're thinking differently about the money. And then at the end of the year, it's just exponential what you're going to have. Um which is great. It, it goes into so many things, man. It, putting away money for taxes ahead of time, putting a profit away, your owner's comp. There's like five accounts you're supposed to set up. It's a great book. I love it. I'm like halfway through it now. So awesome. That's uh, I think that's by Mike Michalowicz, Profit First. And if you are a contractor listening to this, there's a Profit First for contractors, and it's even more specific. So Great. Go out and get that, guys. Great book. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so. Do you have any questions for me? Um, Jose, um, Let's see, man. Uh, that one's optional, by the way. I guess. Well, yeah, we won't interview you on this whole one. I mean, um, what would what would you do with Jose? I want to ask you the same question you asked me. What would you do with the Jose a year or two ago when you were starting this all up? What would you say to him? You know, because you uh, might have a different a different take on this. Yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit on what you said a little while ago, which is um, basically, this is. This is the only country in the world where you get more than one chance, right? Well, maybe one of the few countries in the world. So don't be afraid to fail because, A, you're going to learn, and, B, this country will always give you another shot at it. So if I could tell tell Jose that it's okay to fall on your face multiple times um, and to keep trying, that would have... That would have made Jose try a lot more things that he was scared to do at the very beginning. Um, so, yeah, I would tell Jose, fall on your face, get back up, and do it all over again. Because people will respond the same way, and they'll respond better because they can relate to you falling on your face. Because we all fall on our faces. That's what I would tell Jose, right. for sure. Don't um, you feel, this is something that came up to me while you were talking, man. Don't you feel like being an entrepreneur sometimes is lonely, right? Yes. It be lonely, right? Absolutely, yeah. Can be That's, real lonely. You feel like the only guy. I mean, if you're supporting a family, you're 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 grinding every day. You're it's it can be very lonely. Um, so what I would say too is, if you're just starting out, try to get a mentor right away, someone that's not gonna 
bullshit you and give you all this stuff you want to hear. Someone that's going to tell you, hey, you need to get off your ass and do this. Awesome you know? advice. Absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah. Because I, I bet, Jose, if you had a mentor when you first started, like someone you could, maybe you did, but someone you could call and say, hey, yeah. I'm going through this. Did you go through this? Yeah, I did. And here's what I did. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A mentor will speed up that process and make those uh, bumps a lot easier to take for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, Josh, where can people find out more about you and Rental Vista Construction? Uh-uh-uh. Spotlight on me, <laughs> huh, man? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, um, you can check out our website, com. Like I said, Spotlight did that for us. Amazing work. I'm so happy with it. It's been unbelievable. You're web right. presence is huge guys you, you if you're in the, if you're in the new age here you gotta you gotta have a website um you can check out our facebook page it's renovista construction again um i think it's at renovista build and uh yeah we post a lot of content there and yeah that's about it so pretty awesome. cool josh thank you for doing this not only for me but for the listeners man i appreciate you man i think every time you and i sit down to talk whether it's in person or doing this we always have great conversation, and I value that from you, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to call you a so friend, man. It really is. Same here, man. I really appreciate it. You're a good guy, and you know, I think that says a lot about your business. If you're just a genuine good person, you know, um, you just want to help people. You want to do good for yourself, but if you can help people in return, it's it's awesome. And I see that in you. So, thanks, thanks buddy. All right, all right, guys. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribed to the podcast. So you can hear more episodes like this where business owners such as Josh with a lot of integrity and a lot of advice to give. I hope you guys have found some value in this episode. I'm sure you have somewhere in here. Uh, Please subscribe. Please share. Thank you all. Until the next episode, guys.